Welcome to the May Road Show, episode number 206. My name is John Morgan. Cole Coffee is not with me this week. Instead, it's just me rolling solo in cold Wichita, Kansas. It is chilly outside, man. It's warming up a little bit, but there was snow on the ground when I got here on Wednesday morning. So I uh, was not expecting that. A little bit chillier than I thought it would be here in Kansas in March. But happy to be here for UFC on ESPN Plus 4. A good, good card that we'll definitely get to uh, and, and talk about because there's quite a few good matchups on the card. First, though, I did want to say all apologies to everybody for not getting an episode 205 and a half. Boy, that was definitely the plan, man. I was, I mean, oh, had all my gear with me, was ready to go with UFC 235. How many talking points were there coming out of UFC 235? Could not wait, man. But uh, holy cow, the post-fight press conference ran forever, man. I mean, it was it was great. You know, we got those top three matchups. We got John Jones. We got Anthony Smith. We got Tyron Woodley, despite losing in the co-main event. And, of course, we got new champ, Kamaru Usman. We got Ben Askren. We got Robbie Lawler. We got Dana White. We got Bob Bennett. I mean, it was great. We had a lot of post-fight content. The problem is, unfortunately, the MMA Roadshow takes a backseat to MMA Junkie. And myself and Cold Coffee were working until about 6 o'clock in the morning before we finally got everything edited and posted and all that. And at that time, both of us, the, the, the gas tank was empty. And uh, I was I was trying to get home before my, my wife and kid woke up and saw that I wasn't home yet and panicked. Uh, so we didn't get to do a 205 and a half. And I was bummed about it, man. There was so, so much to talk about. Uh, but that will not be the case this week. We, we will get a and a half. I've got an evening flight out of Kansas. And I know this isn't quite the card that USC 235 was, but uh, I, I, I bet there'll still be some talking points. I think it's going to be a fun card. Listen, quick thoughts on USC 235. I know it's you know been a few days, and I'm, I'm sure you've kind of started to move on as the MMA world does, but uh, I did think it was an entertaining event, man, start to finish. I do get, I think, if people only bought the pay-per-view and only bought the top five fights and only watched those top five fights, that maybe – they would walk out feeling a little bit underwhelmed, um, just because those the, that main and the co-main they were they were good fights, they were meaningful fights, but I know they didn't have the uh, you know kind of the big wow moment that you want. I mean, listen, Pedro Munoz and, and Cody Garbrandt. I mean, what a way to kick things off. Uh, Weili Zhang and, and Tisha Torres. I thought it was a good fight, and I thought really showcased how dangerous I think Zhang can be. I'm 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 high on her potential in the division, and. Uh, you know, it went to a decision, but I think we still saw some impressive things out of her, uh, especially overseas a competitor like Tisha Torres. So uh, I was impressed with that performance. And then, of course, you had the all-out madness that was Ben Askren and Robbie Lawler. I don't know how anybody um, could ask for more than that. I mean, hell, that – I mean, that – that. Boy, it's tough to say that that's up there with uh, with Nick Diaz and Paul Daly as one of the best one-round fights of all time. But, I mean, for so much to happen – in terms of just complete turnaround in the course of one round, and even less than one round, I mean, man, that I mean that was that was incredible to me. So I mean, I thought, you know, it, that first section was incredible, but then you had the rather one-sided performance with Usman over Woodley, and then you had the rather one-sided performance with Jones over Smith. It was also marred a little bit by the fouls and the two points taken, and so um, you know, I could get how some people might be a little 
just walk out. You know, USC President Dana White, he always says it's it's that it's the it's that thing that happens last. It's the last thing that happens that you walk out of the arena that kind of ends up being your final impression of, of how the night goes. And and I believe that, man. I think that's I think that's very true. That's a fair characteristic. And so because of that, I could see how people w- would think that maybe it wasn't the greatest fight card of all time. But overall, I, I thought it was a really fun card. John Jones. Incredibly impressive, man. Um, Love the candor of, of Anthony Smith afterwards saying, you know, gosh, I, I did what I said I absolutely can't do. Um, and, and just I know I've talked to some people behind the scenes. He continues to kind of beat himself up over what happened in the cage that night. But vows he will be back. I've actually heard there's a very slim possibility that he may end up being here uh, in in uh, Wichita on Friday or Saturday night. He's not an official guest fighter by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but I've heard some rumblings behind the scenes that there's there's a possibility um, that he's considering maybe coming out here. And I'd, I'd love to talk to him, man. I, I'm a big fan of Anthony Smith and, um, you know, just love how open and honest he is about his career. So would love to talk to him. But John Jones is just John Jones, man. Uh, he is an incredible fighter. Uh, you know, the illegal knee, gosh, scary. Um, I, I'm not in that camp of people that goes, well, there you go, John Jones, a cheater. I'm not that guy, but, I man, I was scared for a little bit. It, it would be a disqualification. Uh, two points, I think, was the right decision, and uh, kudos to Anthony Smith for battling through it. But, listen, John Jones is just great. Love him or hate him, you got to respect his greatness, man. He is an incredible fighter, and this was a, a dominant performance. Um, you know, I kind of wish John would have been willing to commit to the Mahetta fight right there. You know, you had Mahetta in town saying he wanted the fight. You had Dana White saying, listen, I think, you know, Tiago Santos is the way to go. Let's do the Mahetta fight. Uh, you know, I think it would have been nice to kind of build on it. But, you know, that's John Jones. That's the way he operates. You know, in terms of his career, uh, he may make some rash decisions sometimes outside of the cage. But in terms of managing his career, uh, that's the way he's always been. You know, he, he wants to weigh things and consider and, and talk to his team and all those things. So uh, I understand that's the way he operates. And, of course, uh, you know, listen, champions do deserve to enjoy the moment. And we do. I mean, that's our job, right? And that's what fans care about. What's next? What's next? What's, what's next? But, um, you know, he deserves to – uh, to, to enjoy the moment. So uh, just a great performance from John Jones, save for the foul. But, you know, I, I believe what John Jones said, um, that he thought he was timing it right. I, I, the, the ki- I tell you what, man, the kick before I thought was almost worse. I do think that he was trying to time the knee as Anthony Smith gets up. I mean, that's that's what John Jones does. He ties he times those things well, and even Anthony Smith said it. You know, that's why he was cautious about it. So, um, yeah, I, the, it was the kick before that that wasn't called that I, that I was even more worried about. But um, listen, just John Jones is a, is a phenomenal fighter, and uh, even if you even if you're not a fan, I, I think you got to respect his greatness. Kamara Usman, I think you got to respect his greatness as well, man. What a what a phenomenal performance over Tyron Woodley. Definitely agree that I thought Tyron looked flat. Uh, you know, he admitted it. He said he felt slow. It just Looked like he wasn't there that night for whatever reason. And, and, and I don't want that to take away from Kamaru Usman because the performance from Usman was phenomenal. So don't, you know, I, I, I said going in, I thought that was a toss up fight. I thought Usman had uh, the uh, ability to win on any given night against Tyron Woodley. So I definitely don't want that to take away from Usman. Deserving champion. And I cannot wait to see him fight Colby Covington. That is going to be a fight. <laughs> Those two people do not like each other very much. And uh, while not always a fan of the, of, the, of the drama and the antics, and, you know, sometimes I think it goes too far. Colby Covington in, in, that, uh, in that vein, man, he could definitely go too far. But I got to say, you know, I, I like the matchup of styles. And then when you add in the fact that they do not like each other and there's been a big buildup to here, 
uh, I, I, I do like that fight. So um, just phenomenal new champion in Usman. And, uh, man, just it, it's always great to see people, you know, deliver on their promises and deliver on their dreams. And, you know, for Woodley, he does have a lot of irons in the fire, man. And, and I, I don't want that to, to see, oh, you know, I'm not trying to – berate Tyron Woodley or, or anything along those lines but man you know when you're at the highest level of the sport when you were at the top 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 level and you do have other things going on I know he says listen I scheduled things well and I don't have to be sitting around all day I've got extra time you know I do six hours of practice a day what am I supposed to do for the rest of the time and I get all that man that's fair but then when you meet that young hungry lion who is single-minded in his chase and pursuit, and that is all he's doing every day is focusing on this dream and this accomplishment. It's tough to have irons in the fire and balance it all out. So, you know, whether that played a factor, I don't know. Again, I think Usman could have won that fight under any circumstances, but I do think Woodley looked a little bit flat that night. Um, I, you know what, and, and I'll say this too, I know there's been a lot of talk about about Mark Goddard and the way he handled um, the, the fight, and uh, I think he's he's come out on social media, he started doing a podcast with Dan Hardy, um, which I have not heard, I think they've had one or two episodes, I have not heard that yet, uh, but I definitely w- would will like to listen to that, I want to listen to that because I respect both of those guys and, and their minds, and I'm sure we'll talk to both of them next week in London. Uh, but I, I respect both those guys and their history and their knowledge and their intelligence. Um, and I did see where Mark came out and said he apologized uh, for basically the, the comment where he said, you know, it's a fight. Now, of course, I didn't see that live, and I actually haven't seen that fight back yet um, on, on the broadcast. So I haven't seen the exact moment where he said, uh, you know, come on, it's, it's, it's a fight. Um, I, I think I understand the sentiment uh, that, that he was giving there. I mean, uh, Usman was was very wrestling centric in his approach, but you know, Mark has come out and apologized for that, and kudos to him for doing that. Um, but as far as the actual stand-ups and the separations and, and those things, I I really didn't have a problem with it. Some of those positions were stalemates, and uh, I didn't have an issue with the restart. So I really did not have a perf- uh, an issue with Mark Goddard's performance that night. I I do feel that that comment may have been overboard, but he's addressed it. So I say we move on. Ben Askren versus Robbie Lawler. Uh, man, <laughs> man, I mean, I don't know how you were supposed to, 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 to gauge this. Um, I've watched it a hundred times and I think, you know, the only way you know for sure is if you see Robbie's face, and I haven't seen that camera angle because it, 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 I don't believe it exists. I don't think the, the, the cage side guys were down. I mean, you know, USC President Dana White was on that side of the cage. Bob Bennett was on that side of the cage. Nevada State Athletic Commission Executive Director Bob Bennett. And it's funny because they, were, they, they sit on the same side of the cage, um, you know, probably 10, 15 feet apart. And they both have severely different ideas of that call. You know, Bennett believes Herb Dean made the absolute right call. Uh, Dana White believes it was a horrible call. So it's just tough, man. You, you saw Lawler's arm go limp, but he protested it. Um, tough, man. I, I feel for Herb in that situation. I, I don't think, you know, I don't think it was an awful call, but maybe it wasn't the right call. So um, tough, but. You know, I'm sure everybody by now, if you if if you're listening to this podcast, I imagine you're a hardcore MMA fan, have seen that video that came out 
from the UFC with with Robbie's audio inside. I mean, we could see the body language, but then getting the audio as well. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal uh, class act in Robbie Lawler. You know, to get up and protest immediately and say, you know, what the f, what the f. You know, you, you, I can't believe it, and then to instantly turn and say. Oh, you know, don't worry, Herb. You're you're a phenomenal referee, and you know, don't feel bad about this. I mean, class act to get your temper under control, um, and to and to praise Herb Dean despite what you believe is an issue. I mean, just can't say enough about right. I mean, a guy that was already a legend, and then you take it to another level. I mean, that's that's just all time class act stuff. And that video was great. And also, I mean, that same video. How phenomenal is uh, Tyron Woodley's mother? You know, uh, talking to Kamaru Usman and and just you know the words, hey, it's your time now. Be ready, they'll be coming for you. You know, I mean, God, just ah, moments like that in this heated sport, and especially in this era where it's about the trash talk and it's about this and it's about that. To see those moments, man, I don't know, just it gets to me, man. It reminds me, I think, of uh, of some of the things that I really love about this sport, man, and, and just. That, that while these men and women put everything on the line, the amount of respect between each other and the way they handle it uh, is phenomenal. So, listen, I, I wish we had the whole take. I could keep talking about this card because I thought the undercard was great. I mean, uh, Zabit Stevens, Johnny Walker, uh, Diego Sanchez. I mean, there was so much to talk about, but uh, I know we're a few days removed for that. So, apologies for uh, no and a half. But no, know that I was prepared. I was ready. I was willing. I wanted. And I know that doesn't make it okay, but... I offer you my sincerest apologies. Um, all right, listen. I am here in uh, Wichita, Kansas. First time in Wichita for the UFC. Uh, my first time in Wichita as well. I am enjoying some frosty beverages this evening, courtesy of our of our of our folks, the good friends of the MMA Roadshow at Latchkey Brewing at 2120 West Washington Street in San Diego, California. If you're in SoCal, if you're in San Diego, you're making a trip out there. Make sure you go and see my boy Anthony Beach. Anthony, uh, the brew master out there handling business. Uh, he is a, he is a phenomenal dude and hardcore MMA fan, hardcore junkie. So uh, if you're ever in town and you wanna you wanna watch some MMA, there's some fights going on, man. They got a bunch of uh, TVs in their tap room there, and they'll be happy to turn on the fights. And, uh, and talk some MMA with you, man. They've got uh, a phenomenal tasting room there. 15 beers on tap at any time. Uh, and my boy Anthony. By the way, if you ever want to talk beer or MMA, but if you have questions about beer, this dude is a, a brewer. Like, literally makes it. Grabs the ingredients, comes up with the recipes, handles all the brewing process, and he is uh, knowledgeable as hell. That's how we ended up becoming buddies, man. He took me to a, uh, a beer tasting and, uh, you know, Got me a little on the tipsy side as he educated me on the finer points of frosty beverages. Now, listen, I'm a I'm a man of uh, of an award-winning past blue ribbon. I'm a common man like that. But uh, my boy Anthony Beach, and by the way, his his uh, Instagram Anthony Beach. So if you want to add him and, uh, and just hit him up there and, and talk to him about beer or whatever, man, he'll he'll definitely do it. But he uh, he sent me a little care package from San Diego, and I had a few of them in Las Vegas. He sent me these. 32-ounce growlers just full, full of fantastic frosty beverages straight out the tap. And I had a few last week, but uh, brought some. In fact, I had some cold ones on ice in my car sitting aside for that and-a-half episode that didn't happen. So I packed those bad boys up, and I brought them up here to Wichita, Kansas. Right now, 
I'm having the OPP. It's got Mostra coffee in it, Brazilian coffee in it, and cocoa, Ecuadorian cocoa in there. It's a it's a porter with with coffee and cocoa. Six point eight percent, thirty five IBUs. It's got flavors of chocolate, coffee, and biscuit maltiness. Mm-mm. It's good. See, I have an award-winning past Blue Ribbon, but then I'll come at you with the OPP. I've had all kinds of stuff, man. Resilience IPA, I had that. The Real Slim Shazy, a New England Hazy IPA, I had that. I had all kinds of stuff. So, listen, shout-out to the boys at Latch Creek Brewing. I think uh, I've talked to Anthony. I think uh, I, th- I think they're going to be involved with the show for time to come. So, hopefully we can bring you some more information about their frosty beverages. But, uh, listen, breaking news literally right before I sat down on Thursday night to uh, to record the show, as we always do. I had a chance to talk to Shoeface Antonio Carlos Jr. Caja de Zapato in Portuguese, if you will. He is here as a member of a Junior Dos Santos' team, and it was interesting because literally uh, we sat down and uh, did a quick interview where he said, listen, I don't know why they're not signing this Yoel Romero versus Bojashina fight. I don't know why they're not signing it, but it sounds like Yoel might be out. Uh, you know, there were concerns about medicals. There were concerns about him competing in this reality show. He said, I will step in and I will fight Polo Costa. We were both on the Ultimate Fighter Brazil. I think Bojashina is overrated, uh, and, and, and I want that fight. And then I came up to the room, processed the video real quick, wrote a quick story so I could get that done. I could sit down and do the podcast. And what happens? Well, Dana White tells our buddy Brett Okamoto, hey, we got a different fight. We're doing Yoel Romero versus Jacare Souza, the rematch. That's going to be the headliner at UFC on ESPN3 in Florida. Frustrating. <laughs> Had to rewrite uh, the story, but it wasn't that hard. And the fact is... That, uh, you know, Shoeface, is, he wants a fight, and he's having trouble getting a fight, and he's, he, he wants to fight anyway. So, Bohashinya now doesn't have a fight anyway, even though uh, it's not the headliner now, because Romero versus Jacare is, is, is the headliner. Even though that, that matchup is not there, he still wants to fight, because he's saying nobody in the top 15 will fight. So, even though I had to rewrite my story a little bit and retool it, I think the interview is still good, and... I think it's great to just uh, to hear from Shoeface's English. The man's English is getting better and better and better. So uh, here was the, the interview that I had with Cade Zapato. I, I got to see you working out today, so it looked like you were healthy and everything's good to go. But give us the update. I mean, uh, you had to recover from injury, but what's 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 the health like for you right now? Yeah, man, I, got a, I tore the pack, you know, the pack throw, and uh, I need a surgery. But now things got 100% training a lot, you know, training live and feeling feeling good, you know, ready to fight. Just waiting on some opponent. It seems like it's been tough for you to get a fight. Why Why has it been so hard? I mean, it's been a long time, and I, and I know you got hurt, but it does seem like it's tough for you to, to get booked. What's what's going on that it's so hard for you to get a fight? I don't know. you got to ask my opponents. Nobody want to get the fight, so... Please let me know what's happened. <laughs> Everybody's dodging me. I don't know what is that. <laughs> Do you feel a little bit uh, like maybe disrespected or, I mean, I look at like your ranking and, and I think of the wins you put together. I mean, do you feel like maybe people aren't giving you the, the respect that you deserve? Uh, man, do you know what happened? I, I don't know what's happened actually, you know, because like I'm like five winning streak, four submissions, you know, I'm the ultimate fighter champion and Everybody now is like picking a fight, you know, everybody, oh, I want to choose the opponent. If you want to be a champion, you can't choose the opponent, you know, like on my sport, I'm a Jiu-Jitsu world champion, you know, and I got to fight everybody. 
I can't choose my, you know, who I gonna fight. So I gotta fight everybody. And that's how I became the world champion. And that's how it should be here also. But now everybody wants, no, I wanna fight that guy because, you know, everybody wants an easy fight. I don't want an easy fight. So I, want, I want a challenge, you know, I wanna be challenged. Because if I wanna be the champion, I wanna the legacy. I need some, some, something bigger, you know, I need to fight with the, the, the big guys, you know, the tough guys. So I don't pick a fight. Whoever it is, I'm always ready for, you know. Well, speaking of challenges, I saw that you took to uh, Twitter earlier today and uh, it looked like you kind of called out Bohashimia. Not only challenged him, but kind of, kind of made it seem like, uh, you know, <laughs> that he knows what happens. You, you guys have trained together before? Yeah, we, tra we trained together. I, I don't like to talk about training, you know, but you can ask him, ask what happened in the train, you know. Actually, he said he submit me. I don't think this is possible. <laughs> well, it, I mean, it seems like he's been linked to a fight with Yoel Romero, but it, it, there seems to be some uncertainty that maybe Yoel can't fight or maybe he's not going to be able to fight. So, you, do, I mean, could you step in that fast to that fight in Florida? Is that something you're hoping for? Sure, sure. I'd love to fight. You know, I'd love to fight him. It would be like a, what, a main event. You know, we both Brazilians. We both had some some issue we need to solve. You know, we was in the semi house. I'm the ultimate fighter champion. He lost inside the house, and now he's all like, oh, I'm the I'm the guy. You know, the guy at the moment. So this is not what happened. And I'd like to I'd like to save the the event. I'd like to do this for the fans. I'd like to do this for the UFC. You know, because looks like everybody in the ranking either has a fight or got injury. So I would be the only one. He, you know, he, he, he could fight. And for me, it's the same. So it would be great for me. And you said he was overrated. Do you feel like, because he is kind of the, 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 the it guy, right? Like the man of the moment. Do you, I mean, do you feel like he's, he's not deserving of, of maybe the attention that he's getting? Actually, he deserves it. Like, he's doing his best, you know, he's doing good. But I think he's overrated, you know, and I'd like to show people what I say, you know. That's why I ask if I am. You know, he's doing his job, he's doing very good, he knocked people out, but I want, I'd like to face him, you know, and show people he's overrated because now he's going to fight what? Joel Romero, he's number two, you know, come on, I'm fighting for too long. I know I got some uh, bad moment, you know, on that fight against Dan Kelly. Before that was everything good, you know, but after that I feel kind of like people forgot, forgot me. You know, but I'm the ultimate fighter champion. I submit people, I knock people out inside the house. So, you know, like, be aware. <laughs> <laughs> How, I mean, is there like a date? Do you have like a deadline? I mean, obviously that fight's coming up pretty soon. I mean, do you need an answer soon? Or are you saying, I I'm ready, just went out? I'm yeah. ready, you know, as I said, I can fight anybody, you know, in the world. If I want to be the champion, I want to fight, like, I. I need to fight everybody, the toughest guys in the world. So, and I'm a fighter. I'm not like, I don't pick fights, as I said. I, I wanna fight anybody in the world and I can meet any middleweight in the world. So, I'm ready for whoever it is. Just tell me, you know, give me like enough time to lose my weight. <laughs> this is what I need. Because to be honest, everybody in UFC is tough, man. There's no easy fight. I don't see easy fight in UFC, you know. Some, some guys, you think it easy, but they're hard to fight because they're awkward or something. So there's no easy fight, you know, and I, I, I would fight anybody, you know. And now I want to fight somebody in front of me because I, I, I'm like five in history, so I deserve it, you know. I would fight Teodoro. Teodoro is behind me because 
uh, I want to fight, you know, this is uh, something I need, I need to be fighting. And now it's going to be almost a year since my last fight against Bolt, you know, because I got an injury and that, everything, so I couldn't fight and I'm like hungry to fight, you know, so whoever it is, I'm going to face it. If it does uh, end up being Bojasinha, uh, you, you submit him? I mean, I'm assuming that's how you think you beat everybody, right? <laughs> that, yeah, that's always my plan, you know, always try. Sometimes y y you can, but you do your best, you know, but uh, for sure I'm going to try to submit him. I always like going forward, you know, going forward. I try to put the guy down, work on my jiu-jitsu, you know, and now I'm mixing up everything. So if I cannot take you down, I'm gonna punch you, I'm gonna fake and punch, I'm gonna like, it's a mix, mixed martial art, so I'm gonna use everything, you know. I heard Kamaru Usman saying something. He said, I'm not the best wrestling, I'm not the best jiu-jitsu, I'm not the best striking, but when you mix, I'm the best. That's what he said, you know. I'm the best jiu-jitsu because I'm world champion, you know, but I mix it up everything. Uh, I feel I mix it up everything well, and these make me ready for whoever. All right, so there was Antonio Carlos Jr. saying he wants that fight. I'm down for it. I mean, listen, I wanted to see uh, Romero versus Costa for sure, man. I, I, I like that. It's, the two action figures, right? I mean, just unreal physiques. Uh, it would have been amazing to, to see that fight. That fight, by the way, is quickly becoming the middleweight uh, Habib versus Tony Ferguson where they keep putting the fight together and it doesn't happen. So uh, I don't know if that's one of those jinxed matchups or what, but... Man, I, I like Antonio Carlos Jr. Had a really cool opportunity today uh, earlier to to see him working out with uh, Luis Doria, and uh, you know just watching the, the the boxing going on there. Man, legendary boxing trainer, of course. They were doing some work together. Had a chance to do that, and then of course did the interview. I I, I like shoe face a lot, man. His jujitsu is next level stuff, and and I like the fact that he's saying, dude, I'll fight anybody. Let's let's do this because I don't think a lot of people have their hand in the air just asking for Bohashinia. So uh, hopefully that fight will come together. Uh, but that brings us to UFC on ESPN Plus 4. Uh, a good card, man. I was I was uh, kind of looking up and down the card. Of course, I've been doing interviews. I was I was doing a little preview video that uh, I was shooting here in my in my room earlier, and, and um, Abby is going to, uh, uh, to to edit that. Our man Abby Subban will be editing that, and that will be out in the morning. But I was checking out, just kind of looking top to bottom and thinking about what angles I wanted to talk about. And I was looking at the odds. Man, the odds on this are close, this close. There's not any, you know, just sweeping huge favorites. I think at the time I looked, you know, one fighter was minus 220, and there were like four others that were minus 200, and the rest were, were all under minus 200. So uh, basically just indicating the odds makers thinks the matchups are very close. Um, I, I dig that. I, I like that a lot because that means, you know, if there's not a clear-cut favorite that we're probably in for, for some competitive fight, so I think it's going to be a lot of fun, but uh, the main event, Derek Lewis versus Junior Dos Santos, man, uh, two absolute class acts, two absolute sluggers, two absolutely lethal heavyweights, uh, you got to think there's going to be some, uh, you know, some, some striking here, I mean, listen, you know, two, two big strikers, maybe somebody tries to wrestle a little bit, but uh, I, I don't know, man, I think this is going to be a stand-up fair, I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, it is, uh, again, the first time here in Wichita. Sounds like ticket sales are strong. I, I, I think it's a big arena. Uh, the Wichita State Shockers play there, which, by the way, we, we did a fun little video. You should check out that it will also be out on Friday morning where we asked people if they could name the team uh, based on the logo, uh, which is a very, very – it's an odd-looking mascot. I'm going to say the Shockers have an, uh, an odd – 
looking mascot. And yes, I am forever 12 years old, so anytime you say shocker, uh, you know exactly what hand signal I'm thinking about. Uh, but their actual logo, which you may be surprised to find out, is not the hand sign. Uh, <laughs> uh, is uh, kind of a, a wild looking. Uh, it's it's a it's a guy that's kind of fashioned out of a stack of uh, of wheat. Um, and and I don't really know how much better to describe it. But there's a picture of it in the video, and uh, Cold Coffee did a little a fun little edit on that. So uh, definitely check that out if you're looking for something a little bit lighter. But uh, listen, big matchup here. Oh man, I'm torn on it. You know, I definitely feel obviously it's it's I mean. It's easy to break down, right? I, you know, I don't think you know wrestling and jiu-jitsu could come into it. I, of course, I think you'd favor Junior Dos Santos in those categories. But you know, Derek's a strong guy. He's hard to hold down. You know, he's not looking to necessarily engage in wrestling. He's not necessarily looking to engage in extended grappling matches. But he has a, a good ability to get up, and he certainly has strength. And he's tough to to get down, and even tougher to keep down. But um, you know, you you got to think this is going to play out on the feet. Where of course, you know, Derek Lewis is a massive power bomber can, can outstrike anybody uh you know or not necessarily outstrike but can put somebody down with with one shot meanwhile Junior Santos is going to have the speed advantage he's going to have the, the movement advantage um you, you probably the, the the cardio advantage as well he's, he's he's tighter in his strikes he's more uh technical in his approach so I mean it's not hard to break down it's just a matter of whether Derek Lewis lands or not I mean that's what you're doing right it's it's almost like a Mark Hunt fight except that I feel like you know Derek Derek has you know, a little bit more of a dynamic approach, you know, because he does mix in some kicks. He does do some different things here than than what we saw from Mark Hunt later uh, in his career. But when it comes to just breaking things down, you, you know what he's looking to do. He's looking to land that power shot. So uh, definitely a, a, a big-time matchup here, and I think one that's going to be entertaining uh, and, and worth watching. Uh, I did get a chance to uh, to talk to these guys some one-on-one time. I will say even the media day was pretty much one-on-one time. There's not a lot of media here <laughs> this this week. Uh, so we'll see if that changes on fight night. You know, some of the local media may come out and, and cover more of the fights where they didn't cover the uh, the pre-fight stuff. But I did have a chance to sit down and talk one-on-one with uh, Derek Lewis. So, of course, I want to share that with you now because anytime you can hear from the Black Beast, you got to hear from him. Well, Derek, let's be honest. I mean, how uh, how close have you been to just getting on a plane and going back home and not fighting and getting out of this weather? Because it is cold up here, man. Man, um, it was real close. It was real close. I I looked up tickets, and tickets was kind of expensive just to get on a plane and go back home, then come back here Thursday. So you just might as well stick around? Yeah, I'm stick around. <laughs> Fair enough, man. <laughs> Listen, you fought for the title in November. I mean, uh, I, I was no disappointed with the result, of course. Mm-hmm. You would have liked to win. But any lessons you take out? Because I, I know that you're not a guy that fancies himself a, a great martial artist, you know, more of just a fighter. But when you go through something like that, are there lessons you take out of it? Um, not really. Um, it's just the only thing I just wish that I would have been more aggressive in the fight. You know, even though I was, but I just wish I was a little, a little more. And that guy looks familiar. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, I just wish I was a little more aggressive in the fight. And like I started to throw my jump knee that I usually always do in all my fights for some reason. Um, but I didn't do it in this fight, and I just threw one knee, then that's whenever he came 
and came in for the takedown. But if I would have threw my jump knee, I, would, I think I would have caught him with it. Was it just as simple as being worried about the wrestling, or is it kind of one of those big moment things? I mean, you never seem to get caught no, up in the no, spotlight. No, it wasn't a moment at all. It was just um, just worried about his wrestling. You know, because usually I go into fights and just focus on myself. I never worry about what my opponent would do. You know, it, I guess it also had to do with the media. The media were talking about, oh, what about his wrestling? What about it? I'm like, I'm not worried about his wrestling. Then y'all kept just drilling in my head. What about his wrestling? He's an automatic wrestler, USA champion or whatever. And so I'm like, okay, maybe his wrestling is that good or what. So I'm um look out for it. But if I wasn't listening to y'all ass, I would have been all right. Big lesson there, yeah. right? Don't listen to us idiot yeah, journalists. Media, yeah. Why would I be listening to media anyway? I should not be listening because ninety-five percent of them, not talking about you, haven't did no kind of sport activity at all. You know, you really look at them and tell they haven't did no sport. But I'm not. Talking In fairness, about, it's been a while I'm since I've done a sporting activity. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm trying. Yeah, I'm trying, yeah. man. <laughs> well, listen. I mean, you've always made it clear that you're just you're you're doing this for money, man. It's to take care of the family. But I wonder, you know, being that close to the belt, getting a little taste of that, you know, champ life and what what it's like at that point. Did that? Did it change anything about your motivation or your focus? Oh, not at all. My focus and motivation always been about my family. And just, that's all I'm doing it for is just them, my family and stuff like that, and putting my kids through school. And having my, having my kids have a better life in the future than I have, than I did. That so, belt comes with some money attached to it though, right? But I'm making pretty good money now with the new deal especially. And so I'm, I'm happy, I'm comfortable, and I just know that I gotta keep winning. Um, to make the company happy too. Yeah. Very cool. In the meantime, you did some uh, acting. I saw a little bit of uh, what some Hollywood work. I mean, is this, yeah. is this you gonna be a, a movie star soon? Put this fighting thing aside. Well, we'll see. You know, um, I, I got I haven't seen the unedited version of it yet, so I'm, I'd like to see how it turned out. Let me see myself on the screen, then be like, oh, damn. Okay, then say I need to watch out. But, <laughs> but I need to see the. Um, see the video like whenever they finish editing and that stuff like that and see how my acting skills go. Did you enjoy it? I mean I always think of you as a funny entertaining guy but you're always a little shy too. Was it what was it like for you? Um, the most part about all the host experience and situation was um the food. Twenty four hours they always had some type of food like buffet style. Like all you can eat. So I was just real happy about that, really. So the heavyweight days might be over if you head to the uh, if you head to the Hollywood life. Oh yeah, the heavyweight will be over because I will be 350 happy. <laughs> <laughs> well, here you are. I mean, f four months later, right? I mean, I, I wonder, you know, because you've always talked about taking time off, and you know, I mean, after you got to that level, I wonder, especially doing the acting. But here you are, back four months later. What what, what did the USC say to get you out? I mean, were you were you itching to get back? Did it come to the offer? How, how did it come together? The crazy thing about this is that soon DC fight was over with. Two weeks later, they offered me to fight um, Stipe. And I'm like, and they wanted me to fight Stipe in January, and I just finished fighting in December. And I said, nah, I wanted some time off, you know, um, at least let me get a full training camp in from Stipe. Then they came around and offered me Kane, and I'm like, nah, I told you I wanted some time off. Then I told my manager, go ahead, we can go ahead and renegotiate the contract. Because since they're not giving me time, want to give me time off. And so 
Um, they came back with Dos Santos. Then I said, okay, yeah, I'll fight them. And, but they were saying that it was going to be in March. I said, oh, yeah, that's even better. So was it the, uh, the, the offer that you couldn't refuse with the money they came with, or were you the excited? Money, yeah, the money was good. You know, I was, I, I had just said that number. My manager said, you sure? I'm sure we'd probably get more. I'm like, nah, I, ain't no way we could get more. But I went to, with that number, and they said, I said, okay, yeah. So they came to you with all these names, but you, you wanted the time. When they came to you with, with Junior, um, did that appeal to you? Did that matchup appeal to you? I mean, stylistically, it does seem like a fight that could be kind of fun for you. Yeah, it could be real fun for anyone, really. Really for the fans. You know, I'm just, you never know. Because I thought it would be real fun, too, with the um, Francis fight. And you know how that turned out. And that was just a nightmare. Man. <laughs> but hopefully this fight here will be more entertaining. But he also is a, like a counter, counter striker. So you never know. You think you'd ever fight Francis again, or are yes. you guys just a bad combination? Yes, I would like to fight him again. Or fight him for the first time, I should say. If he <laughs> if he gets to the title, then yes, I'll fight him again. Uh, I would love to fight him again if he um, grabbed the title shot. Do you feel like you need to, or just because he'd have the title? I mean, do you kind of want to like right that wrong? So to I speak? have to right the wrong, you know. I can't retire without fighting Francis again. That's one of the things, yeah. I can't retire without fighting him again. At least getting a good shot on the guy. God damn, man, <laughs> got a good shot on him. But um, yeah, so we'll see how everything goes, see how the end of the year, how the, this year plays out. You never know how fights are going to turn out, but prepping for a fight like J JDS, I mean, is this at least fun? Because I got to think, you know, if you were getting ready for Kane, I'm sure you'd have to be wrestling nonstop. And not that JDS can't wrestle, but I mean, I would think that you, you're probably anticipating more of a stand-up fight, right? So is it more fun actually getting ready for it? Not at all. None of the fights is fun preparing for anything because I'd rather sit my ass at home just playing video games, something like that, instead of in the gym training. But it is what it is. We'll see how everything goes. I'm feeling real good, though. Comfortable, loose. I haven't been feeling like this in a while. Really? What, what, do, you, what do you attribute that to? Um, I guess I attribute a lot to, to my, own, my new contract. Yeah, that way. Feel like the feel like the company's behind you and they love you a little bit, or is it just those money? It doesn't matter if they like you or not. Um, yeah, yeah, it don't matter if they like me or not. It's just I'm glad, real happy with my contract. You know, um, I wish I could say more about it, but even though some numbers gonna pop up after the fight, it just it still won't do it no justice. So I'm just real happy about it. Yeah. Very cool. Well, talk about what this fight, does it mean anything special? I mean, coming off that, that title fight and, and knowing that, you know, you probably got to work your way back. I mean, are you looking at the rankings and thinking about what this does? Or are you, are you contemplating any of that at all? Like the, the meaning or what's at stake here? No, not at all. I'm not worrying about what this fight could do. I'm just happy with um, just to be fighting, really and just being able to provide for my family. So I don't care who I'm fighting or where. I'm just happy, yeah. So you came in lighter this week? Was that on, on purpose? Or I mean, is it the, was it like something you've been working toward or just kind of the way things worked out? Um, it was a five round fight. So I wanted to, um, instead of waiting last minute to cut, cut down to 265, usually I'm like 290 on that Thursday, the day before weigh-ins, then I cut all the way down to 265, then I cut it in the morning to 265 as well. So what do you think on fight night, knowing that you feel loose, knowing that you feel happy, you know, this new contract is making you feel relaxed, do you think that'll 
translate to fight night? Do you think you'll feel differently going in there? Like, does this contract mean that much that changes even the way the feeling is stepping in there feels? Oh, not at all, because my kids acting like I'm rich anyway, so they always want to buy this and buy that and want to go here and go there. So I'm really doing it for them. You know, I just want to make sure they're happy and my wife is happy. And, you know, and especially all my family members coming out the woodwork saying everybody not able and this and that. They need this and they need that. Oh, they behind on these bills. They need help. You know, so, um, of course, I got to keep going for my family. Yeah. Very nice. The familiar. Well, I know you can't. Count, uh, count your chickens before they hatch, so to speak. I mean, you and Francis looked like it was going to be an amazing fight that didn't pan out. But what do you think? When you, when you, when you play this out in your head, I mean, does this, is, this, is this just going to be two guys throwing down until somebody falls? Um, I keep seeing, like, that he's going to be kicking my ass the whole fight, you know, and I'm just I'm picturing the number keep popping in my head. Um, in the fifth round, four minutes and 57 seconds left in the fight. And I just starch his ass. <laughs> and he just twitching on the ground. That's what I see, man. <laughs> so you got to survive. And I get up like I just been beating his ass the whole fight. And I be like, yeah, it was easy. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, uh, I, I get excited to reach the top, you know, to reach uh, where I want to be, you know, which is the, with the belt, you know, but uh, I'll do whatever it takes, you know, to get there. So if these guys, I have to fight these guys to get there, I will fight them, you know. So it's, a, it's a, you know, another day of job for me. Nice. This is a quick turnaround to get you back in the cage. I wonder, did you did you want to keep going this fast? I mean, do you feel like you're making up for lost time, or did the UFC call you and kind of twist your arm and say, "Hey, we 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 need you"? How, how did this fight come together? No, actually, I, I was telling them actually. Now I want to fight at least um, three times per year. You know, I want to fight more often. And now, because you know, I think it's not only about fighting. It's not only about um, techniques and aggressiveness. It's not only this. You know, we have to have the the timing of fighting. You know, so the only way you you can have the timing to fight is fighting. You know, so I want to keep myself more active. Nice. When they came to you with the name Derek Lewis, was was that exciting for you? Did were you you know did you want that fight or did you have to think about it? What did you think about this matchup? Oh, you guys know I, I don't pick opponents, you know, so uh, yeah, as soon as they told me that would be Derek Lewis, I said yes, that's fine, you know, I'm not going to say no. I think, you know, Derek Lewis just fought for the title, that's a good fight, you know, he's a dangerous guy and a lot of power, knockout power, so interesting fight for, for me and for the fans. It is interesting, I, I wonder what you think about his style, right, because it's not necessarily the prettiest style, I mean, he admits he's not a, a great martial artist, you know, he's a fighter, so... What do you think of preparing for a style like that that's kind of a little bit wild? Is it, is it fun? What, what, what do you think about it? Well, uh, you know, your most important fight is always the next one. So I'm taking this fight as the, my, my most important fight, you know. I know that he, he, this guy is big, you know, he has a lot of power, but he's also a big, a big target, you know. So I'm ready to, to throw a lot of punches, uh, punches against him and I'm sure I'm, gonna, I'm going to connect them. Like you said, you don't pick opponents, you'll fight anybody, but was he on your radar? I mean, I think you guys were on that card together way back in Croatia, right? I mean, yeah. did, did you see him then or had you paid attention to his career and, and thought, that's a guy I'm gonna fight someday? Not really, not really. Just, uh, he's only one more guy for me, you know. Uh, there's many good guys in this division and I'm ready to face all of them. I already fought many, uh, the most part of them, you know. And he's one of the guys I didn't fight still. So now it's happening. As you said, when they announced the fight, I think fans got excited because they think about your styles coming together will be fun. But he's a powerful guy and he's got that one real dangerous weapon. So I wonder, I mean, do you feel like, yeah, let's go out there and, and bang and put on a show for the fans? Or do you think, you know, maybe some grappling might not be too bad. A little wrestling, a little jujitsu might not be a bad idea. Uh, of course not. You know, I'm a, I, I'm a, you know, I'm, I'm complete, a complete fighter. You know, I can go, I can fight anywhere, you know, this fight goes. He, he hits very hard, you know, he has a lot of knockout power, but he can't hit what he can't catch. You know, I'm, my, I'm, I'm much more faster than him, and I'm going to use that for sure. As you said, he just fought for a title, so beating him might put you there, but it's a little confusing at the top right now. Give us your idea of kind of what you see. I mean, you've got DC there, but he seems to be waiting on Brock Lesnar. Uh, people are talking about John Jones going up. See, maybe you're not happy about waiting on Brock Lesnar. I mean, how do you see the, the top of the division shaking out right now? 
Yeah, I think the, the, the heavyweight division is living a good moment, you know, good, good fighters. But uh, yeah, this thing with Daniel, Daniel Cormier wants to fight Brock Lesnar. I know he wants to make money, but it doesn't make any sense. You know, the only one who wants to see that fight or who wants to make that fight is him. Nobody else wants to see that or, you know, of course, Brock Lesnar is very, uh, he's a very polemic guy. So people w likes to watch them, you know, and they, they pay to watch him, you know, that's why he wants to fight him. But uh, that's, man, that, that would be ridiculous to have him back in the, in, the, in the sport and have him fighting for the title already, you know, that would be kind of a disrespect with all of us, you know, with the sport and even with the, 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 the organization, you know. So I don't think that's the thing to make, but whatever, you know, politics are politics and that's what they do. This, this, this part of the, the, the game, UFC takes care. What do you think, who, who do you think should be rightful? I mean, you got Stipe who wants a, a rematch. You've got Francis Nagano who, who believes he should be there. If you win here, I got to think that you think you have a case as well. Who do you think DC should be fighting? I will win here and uh, I will, I would be very glad, you know, to face Daniel Cormier. Daniel Cormier is a, a different champion. He's a, he has achieved some amazing things in his career and for me it would be a, uh, you know, very nice to be facing him. So I hope I, I, I could be the next one, but I don't really care now. You know, I, I, what I really want is to keep myself active, like I told you. You know, I want to fight as soon as possible after this, you know, after this victory. And whatever happens in the career, I know my, my title uh, shot is coming very soon. Do you think it needs to be one of those top guys, though? I mean, I know you want to stay busy, but would you fight number 10 or number 15 if it helped you stay busy? Um, yeah, actually, yeah, it needs to make sense, you know, to, to add something to my career, you know, if, the, if that's, it's not adding anything to my career, then, then you know, we have to think. That's why when I say, I, I've been saying this, you know, I don't pick opponents, I fight anywhere, and that's true. I'm not just saying it. You guys know I'd fight anyone, like, you know, I said yes to Derek Lewis and all these this, this guys. But uh, I, I think I have to start uh, being more smart. You know, because these guys, they are like a perfect example, Alistair Overeem. He will never accept to fight me again. Instead, if I become the champion or if I'm there to fight for the title, then maybe he's going to come and say, ah, oh, I want to fight Jun, I want to fight Jun. Then no, I have to be smart as well, you know, and enjoy the, the opportunities better. So let's see what's going to happen in the future. But uh, I know we can make good deals and keep myself active. When would you like to fight again? You win this, you get out unscathed. I mean, Brazil, I got to think maybe that's a little too soon or could too that soon. happen? Or maybe summer, international fight. Yeah. What do you think? What makes sense? The, 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 the thing is, uh, we have a, a different thing happening right now too because after this fight, I'm going to take a little break because my daughter Maria is born in the beginning of May. So, <laughs> so I'm going to take some time to take care of my family now and uh, you know after she's she's born she's born I'm going to I'm going to make sure everything is fine and then I'll start my next training camp. So maybe I'm I'm telling him like at the end of August I think would be a good uh, good time. Very nice. Well, a big statement here I'm sure will get you in that discussion <laughs> again. How do you see this playing out? I mean, as you said, he's powerful, he's dangerous. I mean, 
Do you feel like you're gonna have to get into a battle and survive some big shots, or do you feel like your speed, your technique can, can dominate them? How do you see this fight playing out? Yeah, I can dominate this fight anywhere the fight, this fight goes, you know. I'm better than him on, on my feet, I'm better than him on, on the ground. And that's what I believe, and that's what I'm. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna impose during the fight. You know, uh, I know he's dangerous. I, I, I respect that. I'm not gonna. I'm. Gonna, I'm not taking anything away from that. You know, he's. Uh, he's dangerous, and I'm not underestimating him. But uh, I have to be confident on my skills and my ability to win fights. And I think I have everything to, to, to beat him. And I, my prediction for this <laughs> is I'm knocking him out in the second round. It's an exciting heavyweight fight between Derek Lewis and Junior Dos Santos. I went with Derek Lewis on my pick. Listen, that's a homer pick. I'm not going to lie about it. Uh, the Black Beast is a roadshow favorite, uh, I, even though JDS is too. But I, I don't know, man. I, I feel like Derek's one of the homies. <laughs> so we got to roll with him. Uh, but I, I am excited for this matchup. I see very easily um, that, that either one of these guys could, could bring home the victory. Uh, JDS, a, a sizable favorite, and I get that, man. I, I He is one of the bigger favorites on the card, and I totally understand that. Uh, but, of course, you know Derek Lewis can, can change things in, in one fight. And, and JDS does get touched up. He, he does get hit from time to time. So uh, I'm excited for this one. I'm actually excited for the co-main as well. This is a fight that, uh, you know, under the radar guys, perhaps, Elizio Zaleski Dos Santos, 6-1 and one in the UFC. The one loss, by the way, split decision. And uh, if you go back and look at it against Nicholas Dalby, uh, I'll be honest, I can't remember who was doing play-by-play uh, -play play that night. It might have been me, but we scored it uh, for Dalby, so we had it the other way. But if you look on MMADecisions.com, which I, I, I love their website, man, I'm, I, kudos, I, I, I really appreciate them as a resource. Uh, the media tracked scores that night were like 50-50. It was halfway down the middle, so he, you know, he could be seven and zero in in the UFC. And and by the way, I did ask him about that this week. You know, did, do you ever think about it? You never think about how close. And he's like, Nah, I won that fight. He's like, I know I won. My team knows I won, so I don't go back and think about it at all. But you know, he says, Listen, I, you know, he, he's slow to get respect, man. He's been fighting on undercards. He's been fighting on early prelims, and he's exciting, man. Six fight winning streak, back-to-back uh, -back knockouts. The guy is on a run, and now he's getting featured in a, in a co-main event slot, and he's getting put up against Curtis Millinder, who, uh, you know, a, a guy that I think we've all been fans of on the rise. If you if you listen to this show, man, Curtis Millinder uh, is somebody to keep an eye on, and, and this is going to be incredibly intriguing. I'm excited about it. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a fun fight. Um, Millinder, I think, has... A little bit more speed. He definitely has range, um, but he's he's facing a, a tough opponent. So I think this is going to be a fun fight. Uh, Zaleski says that you know he thinks this will kind of catapult him towards a potential title shot down the road. He says, "Listen, that's you know that's my destiny." Meanwhile, Curtis Milner, I, I was excited about him coming out and saying uh, that. He wants to win this fight. He wants to win a bonus. He's got a, a secret project he won't talk about in the summer. I don't know if it's a project. He just says he has big plans. I don't. I don't know what it is. I, uh, you know, I, I don't know if he's got a, a movie deal. He's got to do. I don't know what he's got going. I, I really have no idea. And he wouldn't tell us. He said it's going to be a secret, but it'll come out. But he says he's got summer plans. But then he says uh, after that he'd love to fight maybe Wonder Boy, maybe Darren Till. And he's like, I'd smash both those guys. I know it smashed those guys. So uh, if you want to see either one of those uh, interviews, they are up on the uh, on the MMA Junkie YouTube 
excuse me, on the YouTube page. Uh, they were for media day. They were group media sessions, but again, uh, the media turnout was was pretty light. So it's kind of a it was kind of a one on one. Uh, uh, LSU uh, does not speak uh, English, uh, but he had Tiago Okamura there translating for him, and then, of course Curtis Milner was uh, was short and sweet, but he was direct and to the point. Funny with LSU, uh, I always try to always try to get screen caps unless somebody's really really mad. I try to get screen caps of videos uh, where people are smiling, uh, just so you know it looks nice. It makes the makes the picture, it makes the thumbnail look good. I I don't know that he ever smiles, <laughs> but I I did I did get a screen cap, but he was chewing gum, and at one point he was kind of chewing a little bit uh, enough that one side of his corner of his mouth kind of curled a little bit and it looked enough like a smile to me that, that that's the screen cap I took so a little bit of a behind the scenes pulling back the curtain so to speak the, so you can see when you see that thumbnail you say hmm I don't think he's smiling I think he's just chewing uh, Tim Means versus Nico Price oh come on man another great fight two two great welterweight fights back to back Tim Means and Nico Price Tim Means you know what kind of fight you're getting uh, he's coming into scrap man the dirty bird he, he just likes to come in and bang um, and he said, that's what I'm doing here. You know, I love it, and I love the matchup with Nico Price. He's, he is, I, I think this dude is going to bring it. He's going to come aggressive. Uh, then he's going to meet me, and, and he's going to have some trouble, and then he's going to try to get a little more technical, and we're still going to go at it. And uh, he, he's excited, man. He, he's, he is ready to go out and bang. Meanwhile, Nico Price, now Nico is coming off that quick loss to Abdul Razak Hassan, and he was pissed about it. Uh, you remember he got clipped and, and kind of stood in the pocket, got a little bit wild. Got a little bit crazy and he got dropped. But Nico is fun, man. He has been every fight he's in is fun. And so I think this one is, is guaranteed to deliver on action. And Nico, same thing. He said, I you know, I asked him, uh, hey man, when this got announced, you know, I think people thought and before I could even finish, he's like, Oh yeah, it's gonna be violence. It's it's gonna it's gonna be violence. Uh so I love that from Nico Price. I think it's going to be a great fight. Interesting about Nico, you know, he said uh, his diet has been a big, big focus. He took about six months off, uh, said he had, to, you know, he'd been a real, real busy schedule and wanted to just give himself some time to heal, rest, you know, relax, focus on some other things. Um, but uh, he said that in the meantime, he really kind of dialed in his, uh, his his nutrition. And normally on a Thursday, we spoke to him earlier today, he said normally on a Thursday he'll be about 186 pounds. Uh, this time at, on at media day he was 173, so he's essentially walking around at weight. Um, and you know in this kind of day and age where I think we're talking more and more about people and their weight cuts and how that affects them, uh, I think it's good to hear a guy on that last day, you know, is cutting three pounds or potentially even two pounds to 171 um, instead of 15 or 16 uh, that he would have. So you got to think that he, that's going to be better for him. On fight night. Uh, below that, another heavyweight fight. Blagoy Ivanov versus Ben Rothwell. Of course, Ivanov uh, fought JDS in his UFC debut. That didn't go so well for him. He lost. Uh, but he's he's returning here. And uh, he said, listen, going 25 minutes with a former champ. That was big for me. I learned a lot of lessons. Um, and I know what I need to do here. But, but, the story had to be for me today, Ben Rothwell. Now, Ben Rothwell, uh, of course, you know the guy's been around forever, but he had a two-year suspension uh, with USADA. Now, um, it's interesting because during this time, he did nothing. He talked to nobody. Uh, Stephen Morocco, I know, has interviewed him a bunch. Ben Folks has interviewed him a bunch. I think going back to the IFL days, they had a relationship. Um, so, I mean, our staff – you know, had a good relationship with this guy, and he just did not want to talk to, to anybody. Um, did not want to do any, any media leading up to this. Uh, 
Um, but it came time to do media today, and, and there he was. And he had to come in, and he had to had to you know schedule to do it. Um, and you know, I, I guess he didn't have to do it, but I guess that's part of your compliance pay, your Reebok pay, if you will. And you know, plus it just doesn't just doesn't look good if you're telling the UFC, you know, f off. I'm not going to do what you're what you're requesting me to do. But he came in today, and the 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 scowl on his face was so clear that he did not want to speak, that he did not want to talk. Um, when he stood in, and you can you can uh, the video. If you want to see the video of this, uh, it is on uh, the YouTube page as well. And of course, it's it's all on MMA Junkie. But did not want to look me in the eyes at all. Uh, just didn't want to look at it. And finally, he did. Um, but it's it's just. I mean, you can hear the tension. You can feel the tension. Uh, and so had to play this because it unquestionably one of the most memorable moments of my day uh, was speaking with Ben Rothwell. Well, Ben, it's, it's certainly been a while since we've had a chance to see you, so uh, welcome back. Give us, give us the idea what the, what, what the emotion is like, what the feeling is like just days out from a, a chance to fight again. <clears throat> I'll tell you that the, you know, I'm here to do business. You know, that's, that's as well for me. March 9th is, is the day I'm going to conduct business, and you know, I'm going to take out one of the best fighters in the world, and it sounds like a lot, but literally the toughest thing for me is this right here. Literally having to talk about it, you know, and I just don't have much to say. People ask for predictions. I have no predictions. They ask about my feelings. I have no feelings. I really don't. So I'm here, and, you know, I'm here to let my actions speak for me. You were really quiet during your two years away during the suspension. I know that, you know, we were all kind of curious to know they say you don't have feelings and emotions, but when somebody puts your career on hold, I've got to think that you've got some feelings or some emotions. Um, why did you choose to, to shy away? Why, why did you choose to, to, to keep quiet? <clears throat> so everything and anything to deal with my past is something that will be discussed, but not at this time. Why, why do you choose not to address it now? Is there a particular reason? Those reasons are personal, and when the time comes, I'll let you know. Completely understand. Can I ask one one more question about that? Do you do you believe in Usada? There's questions about how they do things and the way they proceed. Do you have, still have faith in that system, based on your experience? I'm going to put them into also associated with my past, and they too will be addressed when the time comes. Fair enough. During this time away, obviously you wouldn't have the opportunity to compete, but talk about your training regimen. I mean, was was training still a, a regular part of, of your daily routine uh, during this time away, or did you kind of take some time away? I can't hide from the fact that I own a gym, and because of that place, I'm a martial artist, and I have to be there. And kind of uh, took my choice away from me and forced me to continue doing what I do. And I would say I'm here be right now, luckily, because of that, so. Did it, is it safe to say it tested your passion then for, for the sport? I mean, did it test your love for, for being a part of this? I'm here this weekend as a fighter. When I was away, I was a martial artist, but here this week, I'm a fighter, and that's something that's been a part of me 
since my earliest memories. So that's never been questioned or doubted or challenged or I needed any kind of motivation to be what I am. That said, do you walk in with a, a chip on your shoulder almost? It seems like there's a real intensity about you that maybe isn't always there. A different kind of intensity. I'm really kind of empty to any of those thoughts. What about the matchup itself with Blagoya? Can you talk about that as, as, as far as just the fight itself? What do you think about him as a fellow martial artist, a fellow fighter? What, what do you see in him? I'll say that from what I can see, he's the, uh, probably the toughest and best fighter coming out of Bulgaria. And uh, I would say the toughest challenge uh, the toughest opponent uh, that's not on anybody's top 10 list. Fair enough. I know you don't want to talk about the past, but let me just ask you about the future. I mean, now that you are back and, and you're putting this time away behind you, what are the plans now? Do you feel a, a need to make up for lost time, to stay busy? Are there goals? Give me an idea what the, the fighting plan is for Ben Rothwell now. I have no crystal ball. I have no predictions. I can only tell you that my thoughts are trying to answer these questions to you right now as skillfully as possible and whatever happens next happens. Yeah. <laughs> what more can you say then? Yeah. Um no listen, I um I was, this stuck with me, man. I I just Man, you can tell that Ben Rothwell has some frustration, has some anger, has some... I mean, I feel it's directed at USADA, or at least the process or something. You know, I think, you know, he believes... I don't know whether I'd say he believes he's innocent. I mean, he's not giving us much to work on, so I'm just totally guessing here. I mean, this is not a conversation I'd I have had with him, but just... In, in looking at his body language and feeling that, man, you can tell like he wants to go off. He wants to lay into something, but he can't. And he, or at least he's not allowing himself to. Um, and he says he'll talk about it at a later date. I'm hoping that's after the fight. Um, you know, maybe maybe he won't even be ready then. Um, but I'm, I'm anxious to hear what these emotions are, man, because it was evident there. And uh, I don't know. You, you feel I, I feel bad for the guy. Um but, you know, I'll make it clear, uh, you know, I was not offended by the way he addressed us today. I didn't think it was unprofessional. I think he came in and he did his job. It's just interesting to, to, to see the way he conducted himself and, and uh, to, to see the way he chose to handle it. So um, I'm, I'm anxious to hear more on this subject. And, um, you know, uh, no disrespect to Blagoy. I mean, Blagoy lives and in, in trains in Vegas now, so I see him a lot. Um, but I almost kind of kind of want to see Ben Rothwell win just so we can just so we can hear the winner interview, man. I want I want him to come back on fight night and and maybe these emotions will open up, man. Maybe maybe when he gets the fight behind him, um, everything will open up because it just seems like he's dealing with a lot, um, and and he was doing his best to keep it from coming to a head there. It's funny because probably about a half hour after that. Uh, we were still a handful of us that were there were still working in the media room, and Heidi Dean, of course, uh, of of Five Seconds Baby fame uh, <laughs> on your official weigh-in stream, actually came into the media room with a box of cupcakes, a huge box of cupcakes, 
she was like, hey, would you guys like a cupcake? I'm like, all right. I mean, if you're passing out cupcakes, I mean, why not, you know? Um, <laughs> and turns out they're from Ben Rothwell. So this man who was clearly angry and clearly emotional and did not want to speak to the media at all um, also was was in a good enough mood and had a wherewithal to bring cupcakes to the staff. <laughs> so uh, just a, a, a true uh, balance of emotions there. Uh, and so it's interesting. Uh, a, another interesting sighting in the media room uh, related to food, by the way, was Paul Felder, who uh, who came in. He's here doing commentary, and uh, he came in to to grab a quick little bite. We we had a we had a little buffet there for us uh, for the media day, and he actually came in to sneak a little bit of that. And and while he was there, he was kind of talking about uh, his ordeal that he went through. You know, the the collapsed lung after his fight with James Vick, and was just talking about uh, the amount of pain he was in and. You know, he ended up having to have surgery on the lung, and, and he was saying that you know they made it seem like it was going to be quick and, and easy and nothing big, but he said it was it's just incredibly painful uh, what he had to go through. Uh, so bad, in fact, uh, that he reached out to Sean O'Malley to have Sean O'Malley bring him some uh, uh, alternative pain uh, management uh, offerings <laughs> and, and tried to get through on that. Um, and, 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 you know, didn't want to take uh, painkillers, but ended up like it was so bad, you know, the, uh, the alternative offerings were not, not enough. And he had to take, uh, these pain pills as well. So he said it was tough, but he's feeling better. Uh, he's, 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 uh, healing up and, uh, man, it collapsed long. You know, I, I, I it sounds, sounds scary to me, man. I guess it's not the craziest thing in the world, but not good, but, uh, but it was good to see Paul Felder out and about and he'll be, uh, on the call this week. But Neil Dariush versus uh, Drew Dober. Uh, Drew Dober, this is a big opportunity for him. Uh, he's got a new management group, and, and he believes that you know they're, they're steering him in the right direction. He's going against Benil Dariush. Both these guys had a lot of, uh, of respect for each other, uh, and, and I'm, I'm, I think this could be a fun matchup. Tim Boach versus Amari uh, Akhmadov. Tim Boach, uh, by, you know, the, the, the barbarian, the longtime uh, the longtime USC veteran. I, I sat down with him, and he kind of hinted, uh, you know, the end is coming. And he even said, you know, is this my last? I don't, I don't know. And, and so I, I was intrigued to hear that. You know, he, he took some time off. It's been about a year. Uh, he said in the meantime, they've opened a uh, so crazy a shave ice uh, business. By the way, it is shave ice, not shaved ice with a D. Matt Erickson was able to point that out uh, to myself and, and Steve Morocco who helped write up the story. It is shave ice, not shaved ice. Uh, but Tim Boach, uh, the barbarian, I guess at the behest of his wife who wanted to open up a shave ice uh, shop, they decided to do it. And he said he's a, you know, he was a little little concerned, a little worried, a little apprehensive, but they're, it's, they said it's ended up doing pretty good. So they've got a little franchise going. And he's, that's a little a post-fighting business and uh, – Tim Boach, if you go through his Instagram, he's also starting to do some competitive barbecue as well. So he said he's been kind of bitten by the bug of this competitive barbecue and kind of wants to get into that. So uh, interesting, man. Uh, but he said, listen, the end is coming soon. He gets it. And uh, he even said, you know, could this be my last? I don't know. So uh, we'll see. But he said he liked the matchup. He's, he's excited by Omari Akhmadov. Uh, it believes it's going to be a fun fight. So, that I mean, that rounds out the main card that I think could be some some pretty exciting fights. Uh, Anthony Rocco Martin versus Sergio Moraes. By the way, Tony Martin, Anthony Rocco Martin, Tony Martin, I love this kid. Uh, you know, it kind of went from relative obscurity uh, to putting together a nice little win streak. And then the name change from Tony Martin – 
uh, to Anthony Rocco Martin. And actually this week, because I had heard that he just wants to be Anthony Rocco, like he wants to drop Martin and, and just be Anthony Rocco, you know, he finds it more memorable. And this week uh, he actually said, just Rocco. I actually would like to – I just want people to call me Rocco. Like he wants to be uh, – one word. I was like, like Pele or Madonna. He was like, yeah, 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 like share. <laughs> so we we were sharing these these one name uh, entities. That's what he wants to be. He just wants to be Rocco. Just, just Rocco. So there you go. Anthony Rocco Martin. No, not Tony Martin. No, just Rocco. Uh, that's a good fight. Him and Sergio Marias. Sergio Marias, uh, a, a phenomenal fighter in his right. Incredible jujitsu, of course. Uh, but uh, you know. Rocco says, "Listen, yeah, he's got great jujitsu, but you know, I got—I I just feel like I'm better. I'm a—I'm a better fighter. I'm a better mixed martial artist." And he pointed out too that look, um, Sergio's best jujitsu accomplishments came with a gi on. You know, it was not no gi; it was with a gi. So, um, you know, whether that'll matter, we'll see. I mean, I still don't think—I still don't think you want to go play jujitsu with Sergio Marais. Much like you don't want to get down on the ground with shoe face and see what happens. I don't think you want to do it there. Yana Kunitskaya versus Marion Renault. Interesting fight there. You know, been seeing uh, Kunitskaya work hard out in Las Vegas, of course. Uh, Grant Dawson versus Julian Rosa. Some Las Vegas ties there as well. Maurice Green versus Jeff Hughes. But the prelim that I'm really, really intrigued by, Matt Schnell versus Louis Smoka. Uh, two former flyweights fighting at Bantamweight now. Um, both believe that they still could be flyweights. But, of course, uh, the, the the flyweight division, we, we don't know the future. It seems like it's pretty much gone at this point. Um, but, I, uh, I, you know, I like both these guys being proactive, moving to Bantamweight. Louis Smoker, for one, did say, you know, I will say one thing I like uh, is that I'm, I'm no longer eating a carrot and a glass of water for a meal. And I was like, well, hold, hold on. Were you really eating a carrot and a glass of water for a meal at some point when you're making flyweight? And he said, ah, you know, may, maybe more than a carrot, but, you know, I, I was basically down to, like, you know, 500 calories a day uh, or less. And it's like, dude, that cannot be good for you. Just can't be good for you, 500 calories a day. Listen, I should be, I should be, I should be closer to 500 calories than where I am right now. <laughs> no question about that. Uh, but 500 calories a day cannot be good for you. Louis Smoko, of course, uh, gave up alcohol. Man, admitted that drinking was causing some issues. Gave up alcohol um, and, and and went on that win streak outside of the UFC to earn his way back in after losing four straight. I mean, just a good dude um, and and reinventing himself, you know, and, and admitting, um, you know, this the this. This thing is fleeting, man, and it was taken away from me, and I, and I realize that now, and I'm not taking anything for granted, man. I'm taking one fight at a time, and I want to fight for a title at some point, uh, but but I'm but I'm taking it one fight at a time. Meanwhile, Matt Schnell, um, enjoy talking to him too. Definitely worth your time to go check out these interviews on, on on our YouTube page if you have time. But Matt Schnell, man, just an incredibly well-spoken guy, educated guy, man. Love, I mean, just hearing him speak and, and the way he handles himself and and. Uh, the way he measures things, man, I, phenomenal, man, just sticks with you. So, uh, you know, he, he's uh, kind of a, a ronin in, in training, you know, traveling around and soaking up as much as he can. Um, but, you know, said, listen, I still believe I can I can save the flyweight division. You know, very much like Henry Cejudo where he's like, look, I can be a star. You know, I can I can, I can can do this. Uh, you know, I think the division still matters. Um, 
you know, he believes that. But uh, competing at 135 pounds now for the time being. So um, I, I'm just really, really intrigued by this match. I'm pulling for both these guys. Uh, I, I hate that either one has to has to lose, but I'm, I'm really um, outside of uh, outside of Rocco and Sergio. I think this is the prelim that uh, that I'm most intrigued by. Uh, everything is rounded out by Alex Morono versus Zach Otto and Dan Moret versus Alex White. So I, I think it's going to be a fun card. It is all on ESPN Plus. Uh, which is uh, $4.99 a month. You can uh, sign up for. There's links on MMA Junkie. There's links on the MMARoadshow.com if you want to go through there. If you can, uh, if you want to sign up through the MMA Roadshow, that'll uh, that'll send us a couple bucks our way. We wouldn't hate you for that. <laughs> it's good, man. I I've enjoyed uh, watching it. Uh, there's a lot of soccer on there. There's a lot of other sports. So. Uh, I dig it. Anyway, listen, uh, bummed that I did not have cold coffee here with me tonight, but not so bummed that I had my latchkey cold beverages with me. That made the night go well. Uh, but since I'm here by myself, I won't keep you too long. Uh, I will get down on a and a half. It's just me, so I don't have to wait on anybody else. And, and I don't think we're going to have eight people coming backstage. I've heard uh, that USC President Dana White is not going to be here. He's not making the travel. So that'll that'll keep things short. Uh, and from what I understand, there's no uh, post-fight press conference. We're basically just going to do scrums in the back. So that usually makes for a pretty quick night afterwards. And uh, I even uh, I had to book an evening flight home on, on Sunday because uh, the flights were a little expensive. So uh, I'll have plenty of time to get one in the book. So even if this is the biggest card, it's not USC 235. Uh, but we still always appreciate you spending the time to uh, enjoy this content and uh, hopefully just uh, enjoy the experience, whether it's me by myself or not. So uh, thank you for putting up with me. Thanks for listening.